Welcome to this week four edition of Bruce Monin's Computer Points. I am Bruce Monin, your host, also checking in from the greater Cincinnati area, home of the number 27 ranked Cincinnati Bearcats. We have our co-host, executive producer, and chief researcher, Ms. Rebecca Monin. Hello. Happy to be here and surprisingly awake despite being on my 13th hour being awake today. I was just out mowing the lawn and I received a text that said, class ended early and I'm feeling all right. Let's do a podcast. Somebody told me on Sunday that we were doing a, a test, an inspection of an engine out in people's, our engine test site at 7 a.m. this morning. And did I want to be there? And I said, yes. And then I did the math and realized that's an hour and a half drive. 4.30 a.m. wake up call it was after a long night of homework. By the way, I think that's what all the great podcasters use as their criterion. Am I doing anything more important? And do I feel okay? <laughs> if so, let's do it. Yeah. Don't know where the energy's coming from, but we're going to optimize on it. Let's talk some football. All righty. Let's start with our Bearcats. They bounced back with a 63 to 10 whooping of Kennesaw State. Nice, nice, nice. Next up to get their whooping, Miami of Ohio in a Oktoberfest Cincinnati game down in the Bengals Paycor Stadium. And I will never get used to calling that Paycor Stadium. Paycor Stadium. I got invited to a watch party for that, but it's in a bar near a college campus. And I think that's a little high energy for me. Oh, that's just sad. (laughs) (laughs) And on a more personal note for me, as I'm sure you all noticed from the intro music of the National Anthem of Belgium. We should start having a trivia section like in the Twitter or something. What was the intro music? Which nationality this week? 22-year-old Remco Evenepoel won the Vuelta. Unfortunately, my personal favorite, the Wiley veteran, did a quick charge to steal some seconds on a stage was about 12 seconds ahead and then crashed and had to leave the race. So Cavendish? No. Mr. Okay. Uh, McEwen? Mr. Primos Roglic. He's a veteran now? Well, considering that a 22-year-old just won the Vuelta and a 19-year-old finished third in the race, if Roglic. you're in your 30s, you're a wily veteran. Yes. He's in his 30s? I thought he just won Best Young Rider like two years ago. No, he's in his 30s. He's getting to be an old wow. man. Yes. <laughs> Ancient. I'm not the only 25-year-old who's exhausted by these youngins. It's now time for our Scores of the Week. Scores of the Week. Scores of the Week. You probably never noticed. I worked that in last week. (laughs) Very good. It's so bad. It's good. We're going to start with the NFL this week. Oh, no. Oh, no. Why? Because I was busy watching a game yesterday. The Pittsburgh Steelers 23, the Cincinnati Bengals 20 in overtime. Okay. And I just sat and laughed during it because it was that crazy of a game. (laughs) 
The Bengals had five turnovers. <laughs> the Steelers, none. Joe Burrow was sacked seven times. And the Bengals still should have won the game, except they had a failed fourth and goal from the two-yard line in the fourth quarter. They then tied the game and then had their extra point blocked at the end of regulation. Then they missed a 29-yard field goal in overtime. It really, they really should have won that game, Rebecca. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who this looks worse for. <laughs> I, I don't think it either. looks good for either of them. In overtime, the Steelers tried a 55-yard field goal that bounced off the upright. Now, I don't know if they have strange goalposts at Paycor Stadium or if someone was smart enough to put a microphone in the goalpost. But that thing made a noise like I have never heard at a football game before. <laughs> Later on, when there was two seconds left in overtime, the Steelers hit a 53-yard field goal to get the win instead of just a tie. I was kind of rooting for the tie myself. It seemed like it was that kind of game, you know? <laughs> Sounds miserable. Oh, my goodness. Score of the week, though. What well, about number- high school? What do we got in the high school world? High school, I found a couple of interesting games. The first one, I watched myself Friday night. I saw the highlights and said, I'm going to have to watch this. And it was on right afterwards. So I think I finished watching it about 2 in the morning. Wapakoneta 20, Van Wert 19. 19. Two missed extra points, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Van Wert led 19 to nothing early. And then 19 to 7 late in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's painful. Wapakoneta scored a late touchdown, something like a minute and a half left. They tried the onside kick. Van Wert covered it. Van Wert ran three plays, had a fourth and one with 12 seconds left. Oh, gosh. The announcers suggested that since Wapakoneta's freshman quarterback could probably throw a 60-yard-plus Hail Mary. It was a good idea for Van Wert to punt it instead. So they tried to punt. It was blocked. The ball bounced way up in the air. A Wapakoneta player ran right under it, grabbed it on the fly, and charged down to the end zone <laughs> to win the game 20-19. to <laughs> Wow. What a turn of events. Yeah, that was fun to watch. Probably not if you're a Van Wert fan. No, that's rough when you score in the first half and then just can't convert anything afterwards, but no, that's so unlikely. <laughs> now, Wapakoneta beat St. Mary's in overtime last week, and those are probably their two main contenders for the WBL title. So Wapakoneta, team of destiny, perhaps. Team of destiny. All right. And we're going to throw a third score in there. Okay, doke. Parkway 14, St. Henry 0. Okay. Now, I won't go into the details. I saw the highlights. It looked like there were like 18 fumbles or probably a little less than that, but there was a lot of fumbling going on. But I included this. This was one of Drew Pasteur's biggest upsets last week. His computer had Parkway as a 22-point underdog in that game. Dang. Quite the victory for Parkway. And later on, we'll see the effect that has on their computer points. I'm sure we will. I'm on the edge of my seat waiting for that. Since that is in Region 24, you may have a bit of a wait. (laughs) Because as usual, we're starting with the big schools. (laughs) 
Division two. Let's go. You think one of these days we should change that around? Maybe. There's just so many of the smaller schools that it would seem like a letdown hitting the big schools afterwards, you know? Yeah, that and if we're predictable, people can um, approximately know when to skip to if they only care about their own division. Oh, that's kind of sad. (laughs) (laughs) Our advertisers will be so upset. Oh, wait, we don't have any. (laughs) Our sponsors. Okay, Division Two, Region 8. We have Piqua is currently number four. They are three and one lost this week, but they get to play a big game against number 12, Sydney, this week. Piqua's, you know, as we've said before, already playoff bound, but a win here would do just wonders for Sydney, who it looks like need four wins to get into playoffs, maybe five. They have two wins right now. They are favored in two other games this year. It might really be nice to win this one. Yeah, sounds like a good, solid bubble team. Yes, it does. Unfortunately, 3-1 and one Lima Seniors' predicted slide began last week as they lost quite significantly, I'll say, to a tough team from Toledo, uh, Saint, uh, something with Jesuit in it, I believe. <laughs> that shouldn't be something I'm required to look up. <laughs> St. John's Jesuit out of Toledo. There you go. It was an away game. So a long bus ride up to Toledo. And the final score was? 48 to 13. Yes. Now, they were predicted to lose that game, but not quite by that much. So, But anyway, as we mentioned last week, Lima Senior is not favored in any other game this year. This week, they play 3-1 Oregon Clay. It is the most winnable of all the games remaining on their schedule. And if they can get that fourth win, that just might be enough to get them in the playoffs. Drew Pasteur says somewhere between number 13 and number 16, most likely. So big game for Lima Senior this week. And finally, we have Troy at number eight. Their two and two had a nice 17 to seven upset win over two and one Stebbins. Bolstered their computer points nicely, way up to number eight. Okay, moving on to Division Three. In Region 10, we have just defiance currently ranked number 12 they moved up five spots this week they were on the wrong side of the bubble this week they are on the right side of the bubble there we go good job defiance gonna need at number 12 they're gonna need a couple more wins but they're on the right track in region 11 we follow number seven bell fountain three and one they beat a one and three ben logan team last week and of course fell two spots in the rankings Ah, uh, curses. This week they play 0-4 Indian Lake. So they might fall again. They may fall again. That's right. There's not a lot of second level points there. It's still better to win those games than lose them. But yes, not a lot of gain in that type of schedule. Heading southwest down to Region 12. We have Tip City Tippecanoe staying undefeated at number two. They had a win this week. Here's Wapakoneta from our scores of the week. What There's about Wapakoneta? Our Wapakoneta team at 3-0 and moves up to number six in the rankings. That actually puts them two spots ahead of undefeated Elida from their own conference. We mentioned before, Wapak's wins over St. Mary's and Van Wert. Both those teams are 3-1. and They have the second-level points right now. Elida, they've started with the easier part of their conference schedule. 
their season probably comes down to week seven, eight, and nine when they play Wapakoneta, St. Mary's, and Van Wert back to back to back. This week, they get Salina, who's up to 15th in the rankings. They had a win also this week on the right side of the bubble with a two and two record. Go Bulldogs. Go Bulldogs. Heading down to Division Four in Region 14. Of the teams we follow up near the top, we have Van Wert, still ranked number four after that loss to Wapakoneta. St. Mary's had a win this week. They are number eight. Those two teams play this week. and They, they play are, each play, other. They play each other this week, yes. I guess most everyone plays this week, don't they? Quite a few of them do, yeah. But they play each other this week. Both teams are heavily favored in their final five games of the season. So the odds are whoever wins the game this week is going to be ahead of the other one in the computer points for the rest of the season, barring a unfortunate upset along the way, of course. Of course. We'll note that Napoleon, 13th place with only one win. They had a win over two and two Sylvania Northview this week. And I took a little closer look at Napoleon. If they can beat winless Maumee in week six, and winless Holland Springfield in week seven, there's a good shot they'll make the playoffs with just those three wins. Really? But to make sure, they would probably also have to beat one and three Bowling Green in week 10. Are the winless teams predicted to do better soon to get more points there, or is it just a lower threshold for playoffs here than normal? More a lower threshold for getting in the playoffs in the three games. Even though Napoleon is 13 at one and three, we have Brian is only 15th at two and two. They play three and one Delta this week. They're actually favored by about 10 points. And if they get that third win, they just about be good enough to get into the playoffs with three wins also. So it's the region, Rebecca. It's the region. Okay. And then we have many teams we follow who aren't doing so well. We'll give them the week off. We'll talk about them. When things look up, if that ever happens. (laughs) All right. Hey, everyone can't win. Someone's got to win. Someone has to lose, right? That's true. Kind of interesting if everyone went five and five, but that doesn't seem to happen, does it? The numbers would certainly matter a lot more. Oh, yes. We're moving down to Region 16 next. We follow three teams there. St. Paris Graham. Rises from number 19 up to number 10, thanks to a three-point win over 2-2 two and two Tecumseh last week. Mr. Pasteur's computer had Graham as a 22-point underdog in that game, so a very nice win for Graham. As you might expect, the score updates were being broadcast during the Minster football game last week. For Graham specifically? Yes, yeah, since Minster beat them earlier in the season. Oh, okay, okay. Minster fans looking for those second-level points. <laughs> Good. They're a greedy bunch, those Minster fans, I tell you. At number 11 is Urbana. They lost this week, but they're still 2-2. Two and two. They have an important game against 2-2 two and two London this week, and next week they play 2-2 two and two Graham. But they only really probably need one of those wins. And, you know, there's a couple games that are heavily favored later in the year. Mm-hmm. But a win in one of those teams will probably get Urbana towards the playoffs. No good for them. They win them both. They're in good shape. If they lose them both, they're going to have some work to do. Division five is next. 
I'm kind of tired, Rebecca. Did you tell me you received an email this week? We actually had an emailed question. <laughs> I was going to save it for the end for a nice little treat, but yes, we did. We had an emailed question from a devoted listener. Some people listen for the sports. Hopefully most people listen for the sports and the stats, but occasionally people like to point out that they enjoy the fun facts and commentary as well. So this devoted listener enjoyed learning about uh, palindromes and immortalaps. I think I pronounced it wrong last week. It's a hard one to say. And was curious about the palindrome I pointed out, the uh, 31 to 13 score, I believe. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they were curious if that was actually an immortalap instead of a palindrome. So we had an interesting thought process of trying to figure out if a score is one word or two words combined. If it's one word, it's a palindrome because you can rearrange all the numbers to go 3113 or 3113. But if it's two words or two separate units, it's 3113 and then backwards would be 1331 because it'd be 13 and 31. As, as units flipped around instead of the individual numbers. It could be both, depending on how you classify numbers as words or units. I'm going to stick with palindrome, though, because I think numbers are more equivalent to letters than words, but that's me. I vote palindrome. I think of it all as one word, 31-13. Turn it around, it's 31-13. It's a palindrome in my book. I think there's a solid debate for both, but I would also lean palindrome. So that was a fun little thought exercise we had got to go through earlier this week. And our first emailed question in quite some time. In a while, yeah. So yeah, if, if you also enjoy random tidbits and fun facts that happen when I lose focus on football, please let us know. And if you have questions or comments about them, also let us know and I will go off on a tangent. It's been known to happen before. Really? <laughs> Shocking no one, I'm sure. Back to football. Division 5, Region 18. We're starting to get to our more heavily populated regions here, full of teams we follow. We have a new color. Woohoo. A, a new color? A new color for this for region. For the region? Okay, yes. good. I was like, I'm, I'm pretty sure we've seen all of these colors before. Liberty Center is now purple. That means they are now projected to not only make the playoffs, but also finish in the top eight and host their first round playoff game. Ooh, we get a playoff game in the Nippert of the North. Yes, my first thought was, hey, I might be able to go to that. So Maybe you I should looked, go to that. Yeah. Well, then I looked it up and Division 5 and Division 7 have their playoff games on the same night. So I probably will not be able Boiled to go to that again. Game. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> By the way, for those of you who are interested in seeing the Nippert of the North, Liberty Center hosts Archibald this weekend in what should be a really excellent game. Archibald is currently number six in the standings here and also undefeated. A battle of Division Five giants. And we can finally say Coldwater is playoff bound. Ooh. But not Tenora yet. I thought Tenora would be too. They're heavily favored in their final six games but not guaranteed to make the playoffs yet. If they beat 4-0 Antwerp this week, we'll probably say next week that the Rams are playoff bound also. So on the other end of the spectrum, 
Number 11, Delta, currently three and one, is the underdog in their final six games. They may need a win at home, you say, Rebecca? At home. At home, over two and two, Brian, this week, if they want to play in the postseason. If they lose this one, they're going to have to pull a major upset somewhere else along the way. Now, the bottom six teams we cover in this region, that would be number 15, Liberty Benton, number 21, Bluffton, number 22, Swan, number 23, Spencerville, and, of course, the winless Indian Lake and Ottawa-Glandorf. They all have not very interesting matchups this week where we have to worry about what the result's going to be too much. We'll get back to them next week when they have some projected to be closer games to play. Moving to Region 20, this is our region of new colors for everyone we follow. Ooh. We'll start Status with Status updates. We'll start with 4-0 Milton Union, now number 2 in the computer rankings. We are now projecting they will make the playoffs and host their first round game. Number 7 Jamestown Greenview and number 9 Preble Shawnee, both 3 and 1 and they are both playoff bound now. And winless Miami East, we can now say they look to be out of contention, we're afraid. Yeah, I don't have a lot for that unless we expect to see what well, we not expect, unless we end up seeing a uh, movie-worthy movie underdog performance to climb the unexpected steps to the top. Yep, that region seems pretty much cut and dried already. Well, but of course, as the season wears on, we'll get to start looking at who their opponents may be in the playoffs and all that kind of good stuff. You know, I got to tell you, Rebecca, I'm really was thinking, I really was thinking this week, I'm just kind of off this year. And last How year. so? I'm so used to that eight teams in the playoffs where we didn't worry about who was getting in until about week seven. Yeah, it was kind of impossible to predict. With the, with the 16 teams in the playoffs, everything's, I don't know, a lot more fluid maybe. We actually have the teams that are going to end up better by the time we get to week seven or week eight. We don't really care what they do anymore. They're already locked into one of the top spots in the region. Yeah, that does seem kind of interesting. Tension's not as high. Not at the top, at least. It just moved down lower in the standings. You are correct, yeah. The tension for the ones at the top will come in the actual playoffs. But anyway, that's my cross the bear. I'm the one that me- needs to make that adjustment. So that was my thumbs up in the air. I'm working on it. So Yeah, that, that patch of awkward silence was a physical representation of opinions, not just still silence. For those of you in the audio medium of this podcast. Which is the only medium of this podcast, except for you and I. Correct. There will never be a video medium, if I can help it. Moving down to Division 6. <laughs> <laughs> As we will not comment on why Rebecca does not want to be shown on video. Well, now that you say that, <laughs> I just don't want to have to worry about what my face is doing. I, say, I think you're looking pretty sharp today there, Rebecca. Today? <laughs> today, yes. Or like, should I be in frame leaning back in my chair or sitting up too close? Ooh. Do I need to sit up the whole time or can I relax? These are the things that I will... It would stun my performance in not a good way. It'll just shunt it if if we ever publish a video. And I might not be able to just come in straight from mowing the lawn and doing this. <laughs> yeah. 
Not that I look that good anyway. If I take hey, it. no way. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> you look great. Oh, I look great. Excellent. Don't put yourself down. <laughs> this isn't a joke. <laughs> this is me taking a stand against self-deprecation as jokes. Deprecation. Ooh. It leads to unhealthy mental habits. Ooh, deep. <laughs> anyway, we should get back to football before we go into we should get to humorous a, therapy. A, a healthy mental habit, and that's high school football. Deflection. What is this? This is Division 6, Region 22. I believe oh, we're starting off with number 6, 3 and 1, Columbus Grove. Oh, something popped up on my screen I can't get rid of, and I can't see my... <laughs> I can't see. I mean, I could lead the rest, and you could do color commentary. Ooh. There we go. I'm back. Okay. <laughs> That's what I get for going paperless. Nothing but troubles. For the third <laughs> time, Division 6, Region 22. <laughs> what did you say? Columbus Grove, number 6. Looking good at three and one. We only had two other teams we follow in this region who won last week. That would be number 11, Patrick Henry, and number 13, Mount Blanchard Riverdale. The other six teams we follow all lost. So a bad week for region 22, as far as we're concerned. Yeah, could have, could have been better. At number 14, we have two and two Metamora Evergreen. I find them interesting. They're the only two and two team in this region. All the three and one and four and zero teams are ranked above them. All the one and three and zero and four teams are ranked below them. They're kind of like the dividing line between having a really good year and having a tough start. Down mm. near the bottom, Hicksville and Paulding, both zero and four, both lost this week. We are now saying it doesn't look likely. They're not looking good for the playoffs at all. By the way, back to Columbus Grove. If they can defeat three and one Alanis this week, which will not be easy. We can count on them hosting their first round playoff game, maybe even two of them. And we'll get mm. a comment on that next week. Little teaser. At number 13, Mount Blanchard Riverdale may have the game of the week in this region. They are underdogs in their next five games. Oh, boy. And they need to win one of them to make the playoffs. This week, they are on the road at 1-3 and three Van Buren. This looks like their most probable best shot so big week for mount blanchard riverdale and to be quite honest van buren really needs this win also so watch for that score when it comes in moving over to region 23 as we expected west jefferson continues to roll after that week one loss can't quite say they're playoff bound yet but they're awfully close they play 4-0 springfield central catholic this week so if they win that one i believe we can slide them into the postseason all right. Keep an eye on that. Next, we have Region 24. We're going to start with Marion Local. They're still at the top. No big news there. They now have Ohio's longest winning streak at 20 games. The longest current winning streak. I Correct. believe someone else has something like a 58. Oh, you've got a stat for that. I do. You do. No, not quite. The longest winning streak ever, it might still be Delphi St. John's, I believe. Okay. I was like, I was going to list off some games. random guests, and then I read further ahead, and then I got confused. Yep. Well, wait, Marion Local gets a big challenge. They play 4-0 New Bremen this week. Looking at some interesting stats, they have the longest streak of games allowing less than 40 points. 
169 consecutive games. The second longest streak belongs to Kirtland at 103 games. And you actually watched the time, the last time they gave up more than 40 points, Rebecca. I did. The old 2014 title game when Minster beat them 46 to 42, thanks to that late onside kick. That was a good game to watch. It was a very good game. Moving on from Marion Local, Allen East and Tri-Village. Allen East is number five, Tri-Village number six. Tough test this week. Uh, Allen East plays three and one Columbus Grove, as we mentioned earlier. Tri-Village takes on undefeated Ansonia. Looking a little farther down in our rankings, the same goes for number 11 Parkway. They have to play three and one Versailles this week. Number 13, Anna hosts two and two Minster in what should be a dandy of a game. At least mm-hmm. I hope so. That's one I'll be at. Looking a little farther down, number 19, Arcanum. They desperately need a win against Tri-County North, who's one and three this week. If they lose, we might put them in the out of contention category. Number 21, Covington, one and three. They're in the same boat. They're playing Tip City Bethel, who's winless so far. Again, Covington desperate for a win in that game. And we're going to put someone else out of contention. New Lebanon Dixie, winless so far. We're saying it doesn't look good. Doesn't look like they're going to have any chance to make the top 16 this year. You know, I've noticed that since we had that one region where we didn't bother mentioning all the teams that lost because we would talk about the one then when we had a good week. Since we talked about them, we have mentioned every team that has lost in every other region. Without issue. We didn't mention Twin Valley South this week. (laughs) My mistake. And to be honest, we didn't really mention Versailles either, other than they're playing against Parkway. But Versailles, by the way, after losing New Bremen, still number four. So now we have mentioned. (laughs) You may be right there. Skip half a region in one division, skip an occasional team in the others. It's an interesting pattern. Well, guess what? We're moving to Division 7, Region 26, and we're going to be skipping someone here because there's 18 (laughs) teams on that list. (laughs) I'm okay with this. (laughs) Let me look at my notes to see how many. We're skipping quite a few. How about that? Anyway, we're going to start with Edgerton is number one at 4-0. They play the seventh-ranked team, Defiance Ayersville, who's 3-1 this week. Drew Pastour says this is the number one key game in Region 26 this week. One versus seven seems likely, huh? Seems. Although I think both teams are going to get in the playoffs before all said and done here. But this is a fight for who gets to be ranked near the top and gets those home playoff games. Now, despite what Mr. Pastour says, my opinion, the top game in this region is number five Macomb playing number six Pandora Gilboa. Both teams are three and one. And personally, I think they may be the two best teams in this region right now. Mm. They're going to have to prove it the rest of the season. But, you know, for instance, Macomb, a loss to Marion Local, doesn't exactly tell people that they're not one of the best teams in this region. Looking a little higher, we have Arlington, still undefeated at number three. And Waynesfield Goshen, undefeated at number four. An interesting note about Waynesfield Goshen. I expect we'll keep seeing them near the top of the standings this year. They are favored by four touchdowns against Marion Elgin this week. 
this is expected to be their toughest game the rest of the season. Okay. So they are favored by more than four touchdowns all the other games. Yeah, that's that's something. Yeah, I don't know if that will get you playoff ready or not. Certainly get you motivated. Yep, and get you some computer points at least. All right, who haven't we talked about here yet? Number nine, Convoy Crestview took their first loss this week. So did Lima Central Catholic took their second loss. They're down to number 10 this week. Upper Scioto Valley took their second loss. They're down to 14. Ada took their third loss. They're down to 20. There's a lot of loss losing going on there in the middle of the rankings. I'm noticing an interesting statistic about your statistics in that they're not in numerical order. We're just going <laughs> to pick that. <laughs> they're supposed to be. <laughs> oh, there we go. That looks so much better. We did have nothing two- is wrong with these stats whatsoever. They've always been in numerical order. Shh, nothing to see here. It was nice. We had two teams pick up wins this week. Harden Northern moved up to number 14. Ridgemont moved up to number 18. They are both two and two now. So much needed wins for those two teams. Another question. Yes. I have two number 14s on my list. They are tied. Oh, good. Excellent. 2.10 computer points. Fantastic. You notice I haven't been reading the actual numbers yet. That'll get more important later in the season. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The one I'm kind of focused in on is Delta St. John's at number 21. They are one and three right now. Lost last week. If I remember, they played Marion Local and it was not pretty. They have a, we'll call it a toss-up game at Fort Recovery this week. Both teams, one and three, kind of tough to predict who might win this one. If Delphus loses this game, it's hard to see a path for them to reach the playoffs. They face a lot of games yet in the MAC that's going to be very difficult for them to win. Mm-hmm. So big game for Delphus St. John's, um, as we may get to in Region 28. Not quite so big for Fort Recovery. But I also saw Fort Recovery last week, and they had a starting quarterback played his first game last week. and. He didn't look bad. Give him a second week, he may look better. So, Delphi St. John's, you got your work cut out for you. And finally, after I skip a few teams that lost last week, such as North Baltimore and Delphi Jefferson, who are now 23, and Arcadia and Lima Perry, who are still winless. Winless Corey Rawson, I'm afraid, we're putting you in the Van Lu category. It doesn't look like there's a shot you're going to make the playoffs this year. Dang. We yeah. named the category after Van Lu. The Van Lu category. Who, by the way, after finishing a game two weeks ago with just 10 players, they lost this week, but I did not hear whether they had a dip below 11 players this week. So probably not, or else that would have been news, right? Maybe. Your news and my news are different sources. That's for darn sure. My news might have mentioned that because there are more than a few people out there who think Van Lu is an example of a place that should shut down their football program, and they can't wait to find good examples to show that they're right. Where well, the people, the people in Van Lu just say, we don't care what you people think. We're doing what we want. As a motivator or as a backup data point, at the last census, their population was 359. So there's not a lot of people to pull players from. 
No, unless I, they're drawing from the surrounding unincorporated countryside, which they probably are. But I believe I saw they have some grades coming through where it said that the number of students was less than 10. I would believe it. So, yeah. It's, it's going to be rough to field a team. Yes, it is. Even if they switch to eight, man, it's still going to be difficult. And as I said, there are some people who, for some reason, have latched on to Van Lu as their example of a school district that shouldn't exist. And therefore, they look for reasons to prove that they're right. So I would thought I would have heard of Van Lu would have had less than 11 players last week. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me? I say, Van Lu, you do what you do, right? By the way, now that I'm on the Wikipedia page. Ooh. Named after founder William Van Lu. Well, what did William Van Lu do? There is no link to William Van Lu. Oh, so <laughs> might not, have not, just not much, been that. Huh? Um, but it does have a post office that has been in operation since 1850. So, fun fact. I hope they've upgraded some of the equipment since then. Yeah, yeah, I would hope so as well. But with 359 people, they might not be high on the uh, priority list for upgrades. Yeah, I can see that being true. William Van Lu, a pioneer resident, laid out the town which was then named for him. That's the extent of the page. So for those of you from Minster, he's like Franz Joseph Stallo was in Minster when it used to be known as Stallo's Town, huh? With, unless they're hiding it in an undocumented source, less drama than F.J. Stallo. Yes. The rumor I've heard is that Mr. Stallo was disliked enough that after he died, they quickly renamed the town. (laughs) Just a rumor in case any of Mr. Stallo's relatives are out there. I'm not sure. (laughs) That is the popular rumor, although I heard it the most from you. So so who knows? (laughs) Who knows? I only have the town historian living across the street from me. I could ask some. Do you ever talk about town history or is it mostly just chicken sandwiches? Not chicken sandwiches. Chicken dinner sales and cats. Actually, it just came up this week. I had a visit from a good friend from Defiance. And as we were sitting outside at Bud's Pizza, he wanted to know what that building was across the street. I have court what it was originally. The library? Not that one. The, the building. Radio Maria? Yes. Gotcha. And so we checked in with the oldest family. Not on the spot. I did later. Sure. Found out that was the location of the town hotel back in the days. Oh. The train went through at that spot and it stopped, I think, where the wooden shoe in is now was the train station. So the hotel was right there conveniently, huh? Yeah. So, yes, I do check in with the historian lady every so often. Good. Now that we've sufficiently distracted ourselves, should we move on to Division 7, Region 28 and wrap up our, our stats for the for the podcast that sounds good to me region 28 only 14 teams in this region oh boy 26 with 18 teams i think it was more than 18 by my count but anyway maybe it's 20 some i don't know in this region the 21 teams all face road tests this week number one mechanicsburg visits three and one jamestown greenview number two new bremen Faces number four, oops, faces undefeated Marion Local. Number three, and Sonia travels to three and one Tri Village. And just for fun, we can throw in number nine, Riverside. They visit four and oh, Dayton Northridge this week. 
Then there's our friends at South Charleston Southeastern. They're currently ranked number five. They don't have to travel. They get to stay at home, though they host undefeated Springfield Northeastern. So a lot of tough opponents for the teams at the top of this region. The battle of the Easterns, South versus North. Who's going to win? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Nor am I particularly rooting one way or the other, to be quite honest. Oh. A little bit. Maybe I'll root just a little bit for the South Charleston Heights. Okay. <laughs> Moving on to number seven, Minster. Oh, we're climbing the ranks. After their win over Fort Recovery last week climbing up to number seven, which is interesting. They're actually one spot ahead of Fort Larmy, and Fort Larmy beat Minster in week one. So, And both teams have the same record. So Minster's getting a little better on the second level points than Fort Larmy. Not much. It's close. But Minster at number seven, they are ranked as having the toughest schedule in Division Seven, And that's a good thing. Ooh, that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. <laughs> It's a good thing that they are also ranked as the number five most improved team from last year in Division 7. If you're going to face that schedule, you better be a little improved, huh? They, yeah, they need that to have the barest whiff of a chance. Now, we cannot put them in the playoffs yet. No. Because, now this will give you a hint in how easy it's going to be to make the playoffs in this region. If Minster loses their final six games and ends up two and eight, there's a 4% chance they will miss the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Okay. So I'd say that's about as close as you can get to being playoff bound. Wouldn't you think? <laughs> that's pretty darn close. Now the trend continues here. Oh, after I mentioned DeGraff Riverside had a win this week, they're now up to number nine, but that, the aforementioned Fort Recovery, now number 10. Drew Pasteur's computer says they are the team that is most likely to make the playoffs with just one win. His computer says if they go one and nine, they have an 84% chance of making the playoffs. What an interesting statistic. It also says there's a 14% chance they will go one and nine. Oh. <laughs> As I mentioned, they have that big game against Delta St. John's this week. Get that second win. Put that stat out of its misery right now, don't you think? Yeah. It is an interesting paradigm shift we're going through in that playoff really isn't where the stress needs to be for the high teams, higher ranked teams. No. Some of those teams were in the playoffs before the season started. Yeah. That is not the way we thought about it in previous yeah. years, and that's going to take some adjusting. Yep. We have a few bubble teams here. Number 12, Cedarville. Number 14, St. Henry. Also number 14, Troy Christian. Another tie there. And number 16, Miss Cinewall Valley. All have potentially very ugly games this week. They might all lose by a lot of points. Oh, no. So the bottom of the region there, the bottom, you know, as it says, they're all in the top 16. Unofficially, they're all in the playoffs right now. But it's none of them are going to be charging forward, it looks like, into secure territory. Although we have the other number 16 team, Tri-County North, and number 18, Sydney Lehman, both at one and three. They have more winnable games. If they can get a win, they have a shot to move up into their top 16 very, very nicely. Plenty of opportunity for teams in this region, that's for sure. And finally, we had some real action in eight-man football this week. Did we now? 
Yes, we did. Strikers, 3-0, still number one. They play perhaps the big game in eight-man football this season when they play 2-1 and one Toledo Christian this week. The winner of that will probably be favored to take the number one seed into their conference playoff at the end of the year and be favored for that glorious Bruce Monnan's Computer Point State Championship trophy. It's truly a work of art, and we should probably order one for ourselves one day to see if the quality is any good. You know, I was just thinking that myself. We should order. I just want to have one here in the house. It's They're kind of cool looking. All right. We can budget it as a, a, a quality check. We'll order two this year. Yeah. All so right. I, I realized the last couple of years, we just ordered them and sent them directly to the teams. I don't think they came to the house first. Did they? The first one came to the house. I took pictures of it here. Okay, good. So you've seen it in person. Oh, yes. It's glorious. Good. Excellent. I have not because I do not live there. To be honest, I think the other seven divisions want to, would want to turn in their trophy from the Ohio High School Athletic Association and get one from us instead. It's much nicer. Who needs a trophy that's three feet tall when you can have a six inch tall Bruce Monin trophy. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, those big ones, they just kind of, yeah, just think of Marion Local. They, it just kind of blends in with all the other ones, right? That, You've got to invest so much money in a trophy case. If they had this other one, it would stand out. It would be... <laughs> <sighs> Get in the comments. Let us know. <laughs> After that big battle for the top of eight-man football between Stryker and Toledo Christian, we also have Holgate and Lakeside Danbury. Both one and one on the season, both ranked number three right now. It's the battle for third place. Tensions will be high at that one, I imagine. <laughs> I'm sure. And unfortunately, Sandusky St. Mary's 0-2 right now. And I believe they play the Tri-State Kings Crusaders this week, who are undefeated at 3-0. and It doesn't look good for Sandusky St. Mary's right now. It does not. New London is not playing again. I don't know if they're going to play a game this year. That's kind of sad. Did they make a schedule and they're just canceling their games or did they not make a schedule? They made about a six or seven game schedule. And yes, they have been canceling. Okay. They are not officially in. You remember they are not in that Northern eight conference. They refuse. Very true. So it will not affect the Northern eight conference playoff at the end of the season. Still disappointing. We had our sixth eight man team and they're, not coming through. So I, I don't know the reason why. It might be a very good one. Probably is. Probably is. Maybe they have seven kids. I don't know. It, it's possibility. Well, that wraps up all of our computer points. We already had our question session. I think that's about it for today, don't you, Rebecca? I think it is. Yeah. I have nothing else of great excitement here to talk about. I think we've covered quite a bit of excitement already. I'm just trying to work ahead a little bit. Oktoberfest is coming just a few weeks, Rebecca. We need to. It is. And that always puts us behind a little bit. I'm not sure why. We might be busy that weekend. I'm not sure. Maybe a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but until then, we're we're keeping up to date, and that should continue through the next two weeks. So, mm -hmm. so you can look forward to timely episodes of Bruce Monin's Computer Point showing up. On your Apple podcast, on your Apple iTunes store, or your iHeartRadio podcasts. And if you have any questions or comments, or want to spark a tangent, or want to debate me on a previously stated tangent, you can send them to bdmonin at nktelco.net or submit them on Twitter to at Bruce Monin. We'd love to hear from you. Yes, we would. 
And that wraps it up this week. We look forward very much to bringing you next week's episode of Bruce Bonin's Computer Points.